Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 28 Dungeons and Dragon Lances. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Oh, I got the right button. Sweet. The show started at 5 o'clock like it was supposed to. My name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir. Um, I'm one of the two hosts here at Happy Hour because it's 5 o'clock where we are. And um, if you're listening to this at 5 o'clock where you are, then come on up to the bar. Have them pour you out a drink. Get comfy because we're going to talk some Dungeons and Dragons. With me is the epic and amazing... Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, hi. It's showtime. It is. <laughs> East Coast Gang hashtag. I like that. That's awesome. Uh, welcome, Crimson Cleric. We're good to have you in chat. Um, to answer the question, by the way, that was raised, no, I did not break anything this time. Um, I have actually, I put a, a three inch foam pad on my desk when I play VR games on stream. <laughs> uh, having. Having nearly broken my hand a couple of times, uh, I just, I, I can't, I can't do that. So. <laughs> oh, we, we've gone to a VR center a couple times and, and they have like a big room and the walls are padded and then they have these big couches, these big, uh, like, you know, L couches where, you know, everybody can sit. I mean, this is pre-plague, of course, of but, course. uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I can't tell you how many times we've all gone, oh, whoa, whoa, too close, too close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's easy to lose track of where you are. And, and yeah, last week I, uh, I, I, I was really good until I got angry trying to break a pot in Township <laughs> Tail. And I just, I went for it. And then instead of getting the pot in VR, I got my desk RL. Oh. And yeah, my hand's still a little sore from that, um, that incident. But, but I'm not unable to be here for happy hour, which is two-thirds of the fun i do want to mention a couple things up front as part of our housekeeping um mm. hang on we're doing um um okay um yeah okay uh back on track some housekeeping at the top um we are part of the Inverse Genius network of, of content. You can check them out at inversegenius.com. We are also sponsored by Sweet Steam Steampunk Chocolate. Uh, and they are they are amazing chocolatiers and nice. and friends of the show. Uh, I don't we usually don't get quite enough people to do a full giveaway during uh, the podcast recordings, but if you check out sweetsteam.com, um, pretty soon we'll actually have a discount code you can use. Nice. In addition to me plugging them, you can get a small amount taken off your purchase. Um, they make some really amazing things. Uh, and I get to use my steampunk props now. Steampunk props, oh. yes. <laughs> um, they're they're just great people. Uh, we were just we had not finalized the deal last Tuesday when we recorded, mm -hmm. um, but it is now finalized. Um, I actually have some chocolate here in the house uh, to to show off and give away. Um, and then, like I said, they're working on the discount code for us. So nice, sweet. It's some good stuff. So so check them out, um, sweetsteam.com, and uh, if there's a place to leave a bot in, in the comments, let, let them know Lantern Noir sent you, and then we'll do what we can to help you out. 
Um, nice. No shipping costs for orders over 50 bucks, and they pack ice around the chocolate when they mail it during the summer. Because they want to be sure it gets to you uh, unmelted. So what's up in news this week? Woo! I feel like All there's right. a lot of stuff that came out this weekend. They, they, they rounded out there. The big mystery going into last Thursday night was, ooh, the third book is going to be announced tomorrow. So, of course, Amazon drops it early at midnight <laughs> or 11. Yeah, I dropped it early because of Amazon. Because Amazon. Being out of, yeah, yeah. And so we all got to see at midnight that it was Fizban's Guide to Dragons. Um, so, yeah, it was the big, uh, the big uh, excitement. And, and you were, you were, uh, we gave you the point on your guess because you were guessing it was Dragonlance. And I said, well, they said it wasn't going to be a book, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, point to Lantern. <laughs> I will take every point I can get at this point. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I absolutely will. Um, well, and that's the thing, too. Fizzban was a major character in the Dragonlance sagas, and I almost wonder if the choice to include his title, there's any indication they're going to give us more of him and the, the Dragonlance stuff Ooh. as we Ooh. come along. I mean, we, we know we've seen Volo mm -hmm. in stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. as a major figure, he's a, a major NPC in, in the water deep adventures. Yeah. Um, I don't know about, I don't, I think Tasha's, uh, book of cauldron of everything is more just a reference back to Tasha of Tasha's hideous wow. laughter, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. The, the spells and whatnot. Archmage from Greyhawk. Well, one of the original players characters, yeah. if I recall. Exactly. That. Same category yes. as Bigby. Yep. And yep, yep. yeah. Um, and Melf. Yep. Famous for the acid arrow. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm wondering if the decision to go with like a, a specific named character from a, well, a lore setting is a hint. Mm -hmm. Well, I, d I don't know. Cause like I said, I don't know if they're going to do real setting books anymore. I, I, they, I just don't think that they, I think they're going to do it like they did this from what I'm hearing is it's this this book is i mean they use fizzban but everything in the book is so you can use it anywhere so like draconians are in there and they're not just dragon lands they're you know you can use them they're templated out and they're not world specific um so yeah like i said i don't know if because we haven't seen a gray hawk book their their standard everything takes place almost everything except for the except for the dreadlands which are connected to Faerun. Is there any module that's come out that hasn't been Faerun yet? I don't think nothing's yeah. leaping to mind. Yeah, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, everything seems to be set in Eberron? Faerun. No, thus we, far. we haven't seen Eberron in fifth edition yet, have we? Yeah, no, nope. So yeah, Crimson Cleric just mentioned that now Eberron was a, a big investment for three and three five. Five, yeah, because they held a contest and big enough. Yeah, big enough. They they based uh, D and D online. Yeah, in Eberron, Ravnica, Ravnica. 
But isn't that from Magic that's the Gathering? That's Wizards. Yeah, that's from Magic the Gathering. That, so that doesn't really count, so, does it? Well, and that's that's the Strickhaven book that's coming out is is the tie-in from from that. So yeah, we have not seen as far as I can tell <laughs> we don't talk we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a case for it briefly here when we get a chance to finish up this this particular train of thought. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think, I don't know if we'll see a Dragonlance setting book. I think this is the the the, the tip of the hat, the, the homage to Dragonlance. Because it sounds like we're getting a lot of the Dragonlance stuff in here, in, in Fizzbands. Well, I still can't shake, though, that, I mean... We know that Hickman and Weiss wrote something. Mm. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's not lore, maybe it's adventures. Yeah. Maybe we're gonna get another like a candlekeep mystery adventure book that'll be War of the Lance themed. Right. Right. Because I mean, the one thing that's neat about fiction, you don't need to world build beyond where the characters are. Right. Um, and I've always found it very interesting with D&D that people put so much energy into, I'm going to design this entire continent and I'm going to populate <laughs> with all these people. And there's this race here and this kingdom here and this over here. And then you drop your players somewhere, usually together. Um, and um, they don't get, it doesn't matter what the, yeah. the noble structure of the Elven Kingdom is for 12 months of gameplay because the PCs never get to the Elven Kingdom. Right, and the campaign may have died at that point yeah. <laughs> long before that. So it's um, like, Yeah, so I, I've never quite understood why. I mean, it's entirely possible that they are going to just build out the world they need to build out in Dragonlance for yeah. where the PCs are in that time. Uh, Crimson found one Eberron Adventure published levels 1 and 2 released in 2019. Hmm. I wonder that's, if that's... Was that one of the ones in the Yawning Portal? Could be. Is Theros in Faerun? You're Ooh. more of a lorehound than I am. I'm a Yeah, that one I do not know. I What's do not level? know. Hmm. That, would be a, that would be a good one. And then... Uh, and then the the Eberron one, I'm wondering if it's a DM's Guild or an official product, because I, I'm pretty sure I have all the... <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, Forgotten Re Eberron, Forgotten Relics. Well, let's take a quick peek while we're talking huh. about that. All right, all right. Um, sure, sure. Uh, uh, now, here's my plug for Strixhaven while we're doing that digging. Mm, mm, all right. Um, and why I, I want to talk about it, I'm, I'm willing to speak of it, and that was... In the information they've given us, because they gave us another update on what's going to be in it, mm. um, they brought up the idea of there being new subclasses, mm -hmm. uh, some that are spirit... This is a uh, Harris. I'm reading from a, an article on Games Radar. Um, mm. Allowed some in spirit companions or manipulate fate by iterating on the mathematical patterns of reality. <laughs> and I, I played in college. I played mm. a... Uh, game of mage and mm. i was a son of ether and i was focused on mathematical theory nice so like there was a i mean actually no i was the inventor we had a guy in our group who was the entropy mage yeah so he was all like tweaking probabilities yeah and i thought that was such a really neat way to do magic um when they did it um and so it's 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 neat to see them uh bring it back 
Oh, nope. Silent Secret is the mythic odyssey of Theros Adventure. Mm. Hmm. Okay, so Eberron Forgotten Relics. I'm looking that up. So, so yeah, I thought it was really neat. Um, and I really want to see where they go with this. Um, when they come out with it, like I, I might pick it up for the reading of it and looking to see what kind of adventures they include in it. Because the thing I liked about Curse of Strauss, we got an adventure out oh, of yeah. it. Um, yeah, well, and that's, I, I think that that's, it's a good formula. And I think that, again, the, the Fizban Book of Dragons is going to be in that same vein. Because it sounds like there's going to be a, a, a small module, stuff for players, stuff for DMs, ton of stuff on dragons, forty mm-hmm. new mo- forty new monsters, and stuff. Um, where uh, in Strixhaven, there's going to be a bunch of new NPCs statted out, and I think that's just fabulous. Like more more uh, town folk type uh, wizard school people and stuff. Um, yeah, Curriculum of Chaos, I think, is the Strixhaven yep. one. And uh, yeah, and it's supposed... They, they <laughs> I, I guess the working title on it was was uh, Hot Mess. <laughs> just hot mess. Just, that's what college was for most of them. It's just <laughs> Well, and I think there's a lot of, like... I'm not going to lie. Part of me doesn't want to put a lot of energy into writing new campaigns because mm. I dig the idea of saying, let's get this thing, get in there and see what adventures say, what adventures they give us mm-hmm. with it that I can run because the idea of running an adventure at a, at a college. Yeah. Sound. I, I'm not, I'm not against that. Hey, Stacky, glad to have you here. I mean, mm-hmm. as we, we've talked about previously, one of my favorite beer and pretzels RPGs is teenagers from outer space. Yeah. Because there's just such wacky, fun drama in high school. (laughs) You know, and then you just finished your masks game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's always good to play. Uh, My, um, so I have a wizard college that was in in my old world and my old campaign and my my most recent homeworld campaign. I, I had to pull the wizard school out and put it in the capital of the place they were at. Just because I love, I love to have a Hogwartsy wizard school going on. It just, it just promotes such craziness, you know, constantly. So you can, uh, you know, you you have bars, and then you have like, you know, one table of wizards sitting there, and they you're like, oh, they really look like wizards. I mean, they got starry hats and robes, yep. and the robes have you know is insignia on them, and. They're they're obviously from different schools within the wizard college, and then it gives the players a chance to interact. Including uh, my players saved a colony of flumps and and moved them across across the country to the wizard school to work in the library with the wizards, so that the flump colony could be safe. And so the flumps now work in the in the in the wizard school in the library. So there's these, you know, flumps with all their tentacles holding books and putting them back on shelves and stuff just to be all wacky and way out there. Well, you can. So. I mean, so so many things change when you have magic as commonplace. Mm-hmm. A lot of things shift. Um, and we talked about that too, uh, the idea of high magic, low magic worlds. So yep. 
college in a high magic world is just such a unique, so much of the college experience is streamlined <laughs> when you can just, you know, not deal with all the crap that goes with college uh, <laughs> because you got magic. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot going on with that. But I mean, I think we don't still don't know a lot. No. Um, the both in both cases, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will get enough to justify the purchase price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, and I'm, uh, I need, I need to give up my bibliophilic, uh, tendencies because I'm going to, I'm going to give them the 30 bucks for D and D beyond. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I love my brick and mortar guys. Love you guys. Fanfare. Um, and I, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to give them 50 bucks for hardcover, which yep. is just going to sit out of shelf. It's just going to sit out of shelf because I don't have a home game right now because of plague. Yeah. Well, I'll so. even admit, I mean, I could run my, I'm running water deep with the kids and the family mm. and I don't need my hardcover copy of it, but right. I have it. Um, and it's kind of nice to flip through. But even then, like, you know, we're playing yeah. in person. I'm still playing off my laptop. Yep. Because digital is so much easier. Yeah. You know, the 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 DM helper programs that mm-hmm. you always talk about, just D&D beyond itself now, most of the, the encounters that that me and, and uh, Anna have, we, we set up. And I just set up the encounter on, on the, you know, in D&D beyond. Mm-hmm. And we just keep track of hit points and everything right there and make it happen. Yeah. So Oh, we gotta talk about that. When we get to the I gotta talk about epic combats, because I have I have a good one to talk about mm-hmm. uh, from this past week. So that's Sweet. I mean, that's kind of like the big news seems to yeah. be that we're getting more and more hints, but it also yeah. feels like it's not a ton yet. Yeah. What else were well, your big takeaways on on the Treasury of Dragons? Um I, I like the idea of of more options for Dragonborn and and um, because it, right all we have now is we have the AU for the for Dragonborn to have wings and that's one of the oldest elf's uh, things is she she made a character and again she makes them in Hero Forge first so she made this uh, opulescent opulescent dragon so her skin sh- shimmers like uh like rainbowy um like opals and uh she has wings and she was so sad because she's like dragon how come dragonborn can't have wings and i'm like well they can when you get to fourth level you can take wings and and it's just going to be i you know i, I want to see what options they have for dragonborns coming up because uh it sounds like it'd be nice if if they did the kind of variant human thing where you can, you know, trade X for, you know, Y, you know, you don't have a breath weapon, but you have wings or some, you know, combos therein. Um, just because not all dragonborn are the same. Um. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, and it's interesting. Cause I just saw a Twitter conversation about what's so game breaking about a character having wings. And it's like, well, not a lot technically it's just i don't want to deal with it <laughs> i mean I did, well, so my, my mrs noir sat down for our tuesday night game and she made mm-hmm. um an um aracrocra mm-hmm. right out of the gate oh bird yep. person this is gonna be awesome and i went no 
It's it's the one race I don't allow. It's mm-hmm. not happening. Um, yeah, floor traps become less practical. Yeah, anytime there's a tripwire, I fly over it. The floor looks suspicious. I hover down the hallway to see what happens. Well, and see, that's that's one of those things, too, that, you, you know, okay, let's see. It's a 5x5 five five hallway. How exactly do you have a 15 or 20-foot wingspan <laughs> and fly anywhere with, you yeah. know, so a lot of times I'll do I'll do that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, when when I'm DMing and, and people have that because they don't have imp wings four inch imp wings. No, that is true. It's, you know, and so yeah, ceiling traps become a thing. Um, yeah, and it's well, my answer was the person put on Twitter, you know, what's the big deal? You can always plan around it, and my response was, yes, I can. I just don't have the time. Yeah. Like my my headspace is planning two dimensional encounters with mm-hmm. some three dimensional features. Yeah. Um I'm not I'm just not up for putting the time into okay, but what if what if she picks up the half elf and flies over here with them? Mm. And what if because if you can if they're in a city, well I'm just gonna fly up to the, to a rooftop and I'm gonna snipe from there. Yeah. You know, it's like suddenly, suddenly things get really hard, really fast. Yeah. Um, but so that, that all being the case, um, I can't wait to see what they do with, I don't know how you don't talk about Dragonlance with Draconians. Oh, and that's, yeah, that's what I mean. That's, yeah. that's what we'll, we'll see. And that's why I think it's a, a complete, it's a tip of the hat because it really sounds like they're adding a ton of the Dragonlance stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that the, the Dragonlances will be in the book um, and such, you know, these all pike-sized lances that, you know, were ridiculous but but awesome at the same time. <laughs> well, they were they were really, and this is why I guess we're going to segue into the topic I kicked around this week. I wouldn't mind just taking a, a week, one, one podcast, to just riff on Dragonlance. Yeah. Um, which, for those not familiar, it's a book series that came out in the late 80s, um, early 90s. Actually, it may have been his yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Um, built around, it was meant to help, it was meant to help sell TSR products. Yep. Uh, it was, was a big part of it. It was also based um, on an actual campaign play right. of, of Hickman and Weiss et al. It was uh, it was the very first uh, Dungeons and Dragons storyline that was meant to be a contiguous storyline that you were supposed to play. You know, uh, you were supposed to play these all through as the pre-generated characters, and you could play along with the books, or yes. you could do something different than the books. So it was very revolutionary at the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and that was the thing, is the, the books and the modules followed the same arc, although you didn't have to match it. You, know, you still had challenges, but you could say, well, instead of doing this, we're going to do that. You could introduce your own characters. Yep. You didn't have to use the pregens. Um, so you could see, well, what what would happen if Aztec and Nebula were, were coming out <laughs> of Solace into the end of the last home instead of Raceland and Karaman? Yep. Um, how would it be different? And yeah. so they, and then they just kept producing content because the original trilogy and i have with me the entire annotated chronicles all three books in one now it's it's lived in the teenager's room 
for mm. an extensive amount of time. So it, it shows the wear of a young reader having not read more than there's a bookmark in it. I don't know if that's theirs, mm. um, but mm. it looks like they've made it through uh, the first book. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's annotated. So there are little notes in the margins mm. to highlight things of relevance that you might not know or interesting trivia. And this particular copy is signed by one Margaret Weiss. Yay! Um, I I bumped into her at a Dragon Con, completely yeah. unprepared for her. Yeah. So I had to run off to a bookseller mm. to find a copy of Dragon because she didn't have any Dragonlance books with her. Oh. Because <laughs> that was my plan. I'm like, oh, Margaret Weiss is there. Well, I'll just buy a Dragonlance book there and I'll have her sign in. She's like, no, I'm yeah. only plugging my new stuff this weekend. And um... I went, I love. I I'm sure it's amazing, but I. I know you, I, I love you from Dragonlance. I think that's why she gets nice. Well, there's a bookseller around the corner. And I went, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they just kept publishing because there's the original Chronicles, which were those modules. Mm -hmm. Then there was the, the Chronicle of the Twins, mm -hmm. which you've also mentioned. There, yep. They also did backstory novels yeah. on all the major characters. And my personal favorites, they released a series of collections of short stories. Oh, neat. there were six or nine. I forget if it was one, two or three trilogies yeah. called the Tales trilogies. Uh, and they were nice. all short stories set in that universe, usually involving those characters. Right. Um, and why sweet. I go ahead. No, I said sweet. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, more Tasselhoff Burflet is always good. Indeed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And what I loved about them at the time, too, I was getting into, when I got out of college, I started LARPing, and I usually LARPed as a bard. Mm. So I could, like, digest these short story collections, and I'm yeah. like, I have stories. Oh, that's awesome. I could, that's a I could very good go and, and, yeah, do my storytelling around the campfire, and it was all period-ish, and most people hadn't read them right. at that point. So they were new stories to everybody. Um, but they were just so well, I mean, at the time they were profoundly well-written for me, right? which right. for me, that was my sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade is right. when I devoured yeah, yeah. those books. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that I didn't run into those until in Dragonlance, I think was like late high school, early college for me when okay. we were doing when we played those because i didn't dm them so yeah it had to be it yeah. had to be very late high school or early college and so yeah um because that was one of those where they were like we want to play this and i'm like i read that first book that's awesome okay can i be tassel <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> during my halfling period um which still hasn't apparently ended well it 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 jumped i was i was a dwarf it was a dwarf guy for a long, long time. And then, uh, then I, then I, you know, then I split and I've done weird characters for the like last five years, kind of all over the place. And then, uh, the last three of five characters, I think have been, well, two of the five have been halflings and one was a goblin. So I, I, I started being small, you know, <laughs> playing the smaller races. Um, I had a total crush on Gold Moon. Who did? I'm just gonna put. I, I'm just gonna put that out there. That was uh, she was amazing. Um, but um, because I really, I really didn't have much in the way of clerics 
and or paladins in my games in that period. So it was really interesting to see they did some really good stuff because, again, they had this story going on that was like epic and it was about religion and they had, you know, the, the, the prophecies and things were happening in a way that that was I, I was I was kind of hooked on them. And it was it was cool because I was like, well, I read the book. But now we're playing it. So it, it created a weirdness to where you're like, okay, I don't want to do what they did in the book. And, but I, I kind of want to do it and see if the dice come out the way things happened. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, third tier. Welcome back. Yeah. And that's the thing that gets, I think, I never actually played the modules. And I think it was at the time I was in a phase where my older friends and relatives that were into D&D were more into the mess with the system. So it was like the DM was trying to kill major characters from the books. It's like, well, let's see how well you handle the next book if Gold Moon dies. Yeah, like, well, yeah. No, she can't die. She's the bearer of the light staff. She can't do that. Um, that's not going to work if you kill her off. Um, and and so on. So I never got a chance to play them. I do have over there, though, some of the modules. I have oh. the um, I have the end of the last home source book, right. which includes recipes, songs, um, layouts of the the inn, lots of really That's neat lore. Awesome. Um, just really neat stuff that fleshes the world out. Um, and for me, I had read all of these. Not all. Of them. I had dove. I had dove in on chronicles and legends, mm. so the two major trilogies. Uh, before I found Lord of the Rings. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened is I start reading Lord of the Rings, and I'm going, okay, so we've got a hobbit, which I guess I guess is a halfling. And, I can, I can, and we have dwarves. I got dwarves. Okay. So let me get this straight. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm reading the hobbit. I'm like, let me get this straight. They're going to send a party of 12 dwarven fighters <laughs> and, a, and a halfling rogue. <laughs> and there's a mage... <laughs> But he only hangs out with them part time, <laughs> and he has a magic longsword. So he's a fighter mage, which means he should be half their collective level, because multiclassing in second edition meant you had to divide your experience between mm -hmm. your classes. Right. Right. So, like, when the party is fifth, you're still like a second level, like a third level fighter, might even still be a first level magic user. Right. Because, like, you know, magic well, users had a disgustingly slow experience table. That ex well, so did the fighters. So, so that, that explains that, ex that explains why he had, you know, great spells like Speak with Moth and, <laughs> you know, Pinecone Burst. Um, <laughs> but it was weird, though, because my, I, I'd grown up with D&D &D, mm -hmm. and I'd grown up with, with Party Balance Mm -hmm. And then I'm reading Lord of the Rings. I'm like, I don't get it. There's no healer. Right. <laughs> who, who, where's the cleric? And they spent most of the game without a, a, a magic user. Right. And I want a strength wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I cast fist. That's a whole nother <laughs> conversation we could be having, um, which perhaps that fits in the mailbag segment as interesting things that come down the pipeline um, or off the Twitters, as it were. Yeah. Um, but I just, 
it was really strange that I had a very difficult time understanding where Lord of the Rings was going because it wasn't following the, we have a quest, we have a diverse party, we're going to go on the quest, and then we get done with the quest, we all go back to the inn and, and relax. Yeah, so I had a, a dog-eared first edition book of The Hobbit that after my parents got divorced, one of my mom's, uh, my mom's first boyfriend after the divorce he, he had this first edition The Hobbit book. And I had told him that I played Dungeons and Dragons because I was only like nine at the time and I had played like a year, you know, for a year at that point. And he's like, oh, well, you're going to love this. And, you know, he, he gave it to me. And um, I mean, I it was way before the fantasy genre became so uh, codified. You know, they're, they they really, I remember, I remember when like Crystal Shard came out and um, uh, Elfstones of Shannara and um, trying to think Lord Fowl's Bane and these fantasy series came out, but they were, they were riding the coattails of the D&D phenomenon, but they were still written like, like with the twist from the seventies stuff. So it, it really, there, there were no rules yet. It wasn't until like Elfstones, you know, the second or third Elfstone books that like wheel of time finally came out. And, and, you know, the, it really, things started to really get, here's the quest. Here's the people. We don't waste time. You know, there's not 60 pages of Bilbo spending a year or not Bilbo, Frodo spending a year or 11 years or whatever it really is in the story between his visit when Bilbo disappears and when he moves, you know, when the ring, when Gandalf comes back and goes, dude, you gotta go, you know, <laughs> the, you tell him about the ring and stuff. So it, it really, yeah, it was just a different, you could so tell the writing had changed. It was go, 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 go. There's, there's no screwing around now. This is not Tolkien writing literature. These are books. And then there's going to be a series. And they're already, you know, plotted out to go. I, I don't know. It's, it's my, uh, my coming from a different direction towards it. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. So I could see it from the other way where it was like, oh, okay, here's the formula. You know, that, that, that kind of, uh, it, it came at me differently. So, yeah. Well, and, and that's, I mean, it, again, everyone comes in from a different place with this. Yeah. Stuff. I also think that as you, as you mentioned, Tolkien went off and wrote literature. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I'm not trying, I'm not going to besmirch, uh, the writing in the, the, the Dragonlance novels or other popular novels of the time, mm -hmm. but they were definitely written to be approachable. Yes. They were, they, they weren't. They weren't low level. They weren't wow. like they weren't YA. Well, I guess what you would think of as YA level writing. Right. Um, although, again, I find fascinating with the publishing industry. YA does not indicate reader level. Yeah, it's level of main character. Oh, so I the, did not know that. Yes, according mm. well, and that it's weird. The publishing industry officially classifies books as as youth, young adult, and adult. Not on difficulty reading or difficulty of language, 
yeah. but on the age of the characters. Oh, um, weird. Okay, and then that's the, I, yeah. good to know. Well, and the logic I think they use is that the um, people want to read about people their own age. So if the the book features a um, a character who is in the young adult age bracket, yeah. then it would make sense that they are going to be um, more than likely uh, <laughs> featuring those characters. So Tom Bombadil was in the movies because he's not important. Oh well, I so long horrible long-running debate between me and and dr gear and muddy at the tavern here the, the <laughs> those two love tom bombadil love them mm -hmm. love them and i third tier gaming i so agree with you i'm like tom was like I don't, I'm like, wow, halfling pipe weed. Really? That's that's really where this story has gone. It just it just feels like <laughs> like Tolkien was like, eh, I'm kicked back. I'm on a weekend at the at retreat. I'm smoking some halfling pipe weed. And oh, yeah, they come across this old dude in the thing who's actually a god, but not really kind of a god. He's from before. And, you know, and, <laughs> and his boots are yellow. No, you don't make yellow boots unless they're magic because <laughs> they won't be yellow for long. Um, <laughs> I I think I learned more about Tom Bombadil, honestly, playing the Lord of the Rings online <laughs> than I think I remembered from the books. Right, right, right. Which, by the way, a very underrated um, MMO, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, I thought it was really very, for, for the time, I thought it was actually very revolutionary. I was very depressed that it never caught on. Yeah. Um, because like many MMOs, I'm like, this is the one that's going to finally beat Warcraft. Right. And then it didn't. Yeah, dude, you can't, you can't beat Budweiser. Nope. <laughs> nope, but Labatt's is trying. Yep. Labatt's Budweiser trying. always sells more because it's the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Sorry, WoW fans out there. <laughs> well, no, and, and, and even the, most of them know it now for how many are flocking back to the the classic mm -hmm. and the burning, you know, the re-release of the Burning Crusade expansion yeah. to the classic servers. They're, they're just, they're riding a nostalgia train, which I think is a lot of the, um, we have a question. Did you keep the book? Oh, my original? Yes. So, uh -oh. so this uh -oh. is one of my dread moments so we packed up to move because we we kept uh, from the time i was nine until the time i was 20 and went away for college i moved every six months uh yeah every i went to four different high schools and two different middle schools um and uh in during one of those my father took my D, &D box and put it atop the pickup truck and didn't lash it down and we were going like 70 some miles an hour and it blew off the back of the truck, right? And exploded over the highway. <laughs> and, and I shrieked and there were no seatbelt laws back then. And I, I nearly threw the door open and leapt out of the vehicle at 70 some miles oh my an gosh. hour. So my father managed to get the, the truck pulled over 
and I'm out there and there were tr- the, the trucks were going by and my stuff was going everywhere. And I, I cried, I cried right there in the middle of the highway. I, I picked up what I could of my D and D stuff. And my father was like, get your ass back in the truck. We need to get burr, burr, burr. And I just, it was, it was crushing. It was one of those heartbreaking moments. The book was gone. Yeah. So I, I, I never, I never knew where it went from then, which was good because I never returned it to my mom's boyfriend. Um, and if he had ever asked for it back, uh, that would have been uh, a very awkward. hard thing to do. Yeah, very awkward. So, uh, yeah. but one of the big tragedies of, of, uh, of my young life. That's rough. Up. And that's, it's hard yeah. when those kinds of things happen because we don't, especially if it's things you don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those like, hey, don't I have... And then yeah. you're like, crap, where is it? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. fairly confident somewhere either in the house or the garage is the first edition blue covered D&D rules book. Yeah, mine's but right there. If, if you put a gun <laughs> to my head and said, let's see it. I, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Let's start that because we're done. <laughs> it's over. Mine, mine is over over in that box under under the pile of boxes over there my original but it doesn't have a cover anymore yep. and it 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 had stickers in it and and all the maps were drawn on and stuff cuz i was like 8 yeah um so i bought another one at a convention not long ago that actually still has the cover on and i keep it in a mylar bag cuz it's my prop you know, to be like, this was the edition I started on. You know? Well, my favorite is when someone puts a thing out on Twitter of the, tell me you're old without telling me you're old. Mm. My my go-to mm. answer is, I can cla- calculate Thacko. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, there was an old-timer meme thing that a friend of mine sent out uh, today to me that, that now I will share. Okay. So... Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton is now older than Patrick Stewart was yes. during Next Generation. I know. That, when that, the hell did that happen? That that punched me in the chest today. Oh. I'm like, oh, I'm old. When I'm the old. hell did that? He was on Criminal Minds, by the way. Will Wheaton? Yes. Oh. It was really weird because I'm watching him because I'm, I'm streaming it over the summer and mm-hmm. and so actually it's pretty much since I think February I've been working my way through it as like my I need noise while I do dishes yeah I gotcha uh, yep. kind of thing um, but there was one episode that came up and it said guest stars and the little like bomb corn Will Wheaton went by and I'm like I wonder I wonder who the villain is this week <laughs> uh, because Will Wheaton and um, it was it was very it was interesting uh, I see. I loved that he was in uh, Big Bang Theory yes. as himself yes. and a villain. <laughs> yes, he's and he was in. Um, they got him to to work with um, Felicia Day on the Guild. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he did some really brilliant stuff with that too. Yeah. Um, he is he's just a ton of fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the thing too about Dragonlance that I that sticked out stuck out though was that it felt like that really was that approachable. If you're a D and D guy. Or girl, this is your your novelization of your hobby. There weren't a lot of other that I saw books that felt like 
the wizards all just cast magic. This was the only one where they had spell slots. Yeah. You know, and they had to prepare their spells every day. And, yeah. and it really felt like, like it was right there on my jam. Yeah. Yeah. That was, oh, um, yeah, that was what was really interesting about it. So the legend has it that, um, when, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Tracy's Tracy Hickman. There was Tracy and Laura. Laura Hickman. Yep. When they were when they were riding out to take the job with TSR for game design, right? That's when they came up with the, <laughs> the idea for Dragonlance on that car ride. I and, can see it. And Margaret Weiss um, went and was like, she at the time was in charge of editing books or TSR book projects or whatever. And she went, yeah, we need to do this. And we need to write the books to go along with the modules and, and all this. And Gary, Gary poo-pooed it. <laughs> Gary didn't want it to happen. He was like, "That no, people need to make their own characters. We can't have pre-generated characters. Even though modules up to that point almost all had uh, a, a few example characters that you could play yeah but they weren't integral to the story no they were designed to be the you know i want to play dnd with my friends uh so and so's brother wants to play he's never played before here you go insta character uh, tear it um, out of the module and here you go yeah the other thing i thought was fun with Dragonlance is the way they do they did time travel mm, because they they uh well, i don't know okay i think it came up in, a, in the the second is in the either in, in not in the chronic not in the war of the lance it was in one of the other trilogies um but it had to do with time traveling yeah. and the idea of stopping the cataclysm oh sweet uh because the cataclysm in the lore happened be, when the gods either the people turned from the gods, so the gods left and the cataclysm happened, or the gods caused the cataclysm, which caused everyone to turn away from the gods. It's what made the idea of the introduction of the gods to re a, a revolutionary thing in the period of the War of the Lands, yeah. which also set up this really rich, heavy, like philosophical debate about religion, faith, etc. Yeah. that for, you know, a fantasy novel, hit, I thought was really really deep um but the they go back and one of the characters wants to stop the cataclysm from happening and one of the other characters is like well, it's not that big of a deal we can travel in time it's no big no big no big because the cataclysm is going to happen because time is a river if you pick up a rock somewhere in the river and move it somewhere else and drop it it'll cause ripples yeah but the river's still gonna flow mm -hmm. Okay. So if you pluck somebody out of time here and drop them over there, yes, there will be a ripple effect in that moment. Yeah. And outward from where they hit. But for the most part, that's it. <laughs> the TVA shows up and cuts all those variants. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's no TVA in that case. Um but what's what's what was neat though is that he was he discovered at the last second he was wrong. Because the gods didn't create Kender or dwarves. 
They were not made by the gods. Therefore, they exist effectively outside of the gods' plan for time. Oh, and sweet. And they can change the flow of time. And it was one of those, like, reading, like, oh, my gosh, this is just boom. Yeah. Mind blow. Because I spent a lot of my, my, my metaphysics has been the idea for a long time of that. Yeah, go ahead. Try to go back and kill Hitler. It's not going to work. Yeah. You yeah, can't, yeah. You can't change major events in history. You can cause small ripples. Yeah. Or maybe you, maybe you whack them. And nothing else changes in history because Goebbels takes over, right? And does the right. exact same thing. Um, mm. So again, you're not going to see these big, you know, man in the high tower changes. Yeah, because eh, you can't. Although since I've become much more of a multiverser, <laughs> the divergent timelines. Oh, in, in every moment, everything that can happen does happen. Yes, and creates a new timeline from it. It, it, it uh, I, I played in a couple of timeline RPGs, and in one of them, I was the character who came back in the future to assemble the team to correct the things for the timeline, and and I kept my character kept saying, "Well, it all depends if your time is loopy or stringy," and <laughs> and that kept being his like his like whenever we got to a point where it, it just got too mind boggling in the stream. He was this like hardcore sergeant, the uh, you know the the sergeant who came back in Terminator kind of thing, yep. and he would just say, "Yeah." Well, welcome aboard, Fluffy. We're glad to have you hanging out with us today. I'm not Wait. sure why our chat box isn't showing up. I don't know what's going on with that, uh, mm. but on the stream, the chat's not coming through, um, and I'll have to check my VODs to see if it was running earlier today or not, because um, this is my second stream today. Mm. So, because I'm I'm enjoying it. You could kill Napoleon and stop the unification of Germany and this World War <laughs> and well, that's World War One and Two. Um, but again, if you ascribe to the time as a river mm. philosophy, whacking Napoleon just means one of his generals takes over and does what he did. Mm. Like that's the whole logic is you can't time is a relatively fixed thing. And for the the spiritual God yeah. God, parentheses, plural, has yeah. it all figured out, and this is just where it's going. Um, I, I did like how seasons and things affected, at least in the modules, mm. the seasons affected magic. I can't remember how, but I remember, I remember thinking, that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, again, I always talk about Harn, Harn the seasons and things affect magic too. So like if you're a fire mage and it's winter and you fall into a river or get wet, you 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 have almost no chance of casting fire spells. <laughs> you know, it, it it affects things and I, I've always liked to have that sort of stuff in in my, you know, in my um roleplay universe. Uh, that I always think that that's 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 cool. Faces of the Moon, if I remember correct, were also a major uh, part of it. There was there were just so many elements that they added in. Yeah, that were I guess you could say optional rules. Yeah, uh, from the core game, which is is kind of neat. The Kender were also unique to the Dragonlance setting as their version of halflings. Yeah, and I'm not entirely sure like why 
they decide not to use the term halfling. Um, yeah. Except to just be a little bit different. It could have. They at that point they could have been in in struggle with the you know uh, the Tolkien estate or yeah. trying to break away from Lord of the Rings and and make them that much different because in in three and three five they changed the halflings you know basically the halflings had been hobbits until three and three five and then they were like oh no they're wandering river folk and they're you know more uh skinny uh, yeah yeah skinny so which the kender were tasselhoff was always drawn as a very slender uh almost wayfish um kind of a character um, but then there was that the combination of the irrational inability to have fear mm-hmm. and the um, uh, kleptomania. Yep. Which I always thought was kind of an interesting shtick. I had friends that were like, this is the worst character ever. You will <laughs> never play a Kender in any game I touch. Yes, um, indeed. And that, but that was in the days of adversarial gaming, you yeah. know? Uh, so. In the dark ages, when we were still figuring it out. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's interesting, because I did play a Kender for three games mm. in college. A friend of mine put together a Spelljammer campaign. Oh, nice. So you could you could make a character from any of the D&D worlds. Yeah. Because the Spelljammer had traveled from one dimension to another, one planet to another. Yeah. Um, and so I had a, a Kender... Um, I think it was a rogue. I think is why I, I use as the character class, and yeah. he was the ship's cartographer. <laughs> it was nice. Siren never lost. Sweet. I started off with a magic item at first level. It was a bag of holding. Mm, the reason most. reason I got it at first level is because I couldn't put anything in it. Oh, it was full <laughs> of maps. I had a, I had a map for every nation and every continent on every world in the Spelljammer universe. The nice. twist was, could I find it? Right. Because it was in a full bag of holding. Right, right. <laughs> now, did you have time. to dump the bag and dig through? No, I would get lowered into it. <laughs> So, like, I'd put the bag down and you'd see these two little boots kicking so that they wouldn't fall all the way in as right, maps right. would come flying out. Um, <laughs> like, unfortunately, like a lot of college campaigns was one of those, oh, this would be a lot of fun, this would be a lot of fun. And then we mm-hmm. played it for, like, one week after we made our characters. And the next week, like, two people didn't show up at game night. And we're like, oh, well, hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be quite the same without them. Should we, should we plan to meet next week? Yeah, let's meet next week and next week. Like, they didn't show up, and one other guy didn't show up. Like, I guess we're not playing anymore. Dave, yeah. Dave got a new girlfriend. Let's just play Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because it was... Th- those were the... Uh, the way that th- th- that club worked was they do, welcome to game night. We're at 7 o'clock, and we're going to start. So who's running what, and who has open seats? Yeah. And then all the hands would go up, and everyone would call off what they're running, and we'd all kind of go over there and... Sometimes it would be for one night. Sometimes it would be like a three-week commitment. Yeah. Commitment. Right, right. You know, and then hopefully you made it the next week. Yeah. So it was hmm. it was really, really ad hoc. I, I played a lot of very, very short games. 
mm-hmm. a lot of make characters and have one combat and we're done. Yeah, dude. I so my my sister in law wanted to you know because we talked about D and D all the time, and mm-hmm. this was before we got married. We were still just starting to date. She wanted to try D and D, so this was second edition. So we went through everything. We t- you know it took us like two hours to get through character creation, and she got done and she's like whoo that was fun thanks for showing me D and and we were like no no that's you just that's your character we we haven't even started yet and she was like oh no i can't i no it's not for me i can't and then we were like you haven't even started the fun part but oh well yeah, that's. I remember that. I remember thinking that to make a character meant you actually crafted one. Yeah. So we had. Hey, Shadzar, I'm going to pause the podcast here for just a minute here. Um, I appreciate you being part of our channel. Uh, I've seen you on some other channels, and I'll just be real honest. I don't find you walking in here hyper negative right out of the gate as being conducive to our community. Now, you're welcome to revise what you just said. Or you can you can move on with your day, sir. Um, I just I appreciate the thought, but I we don't need that kind of negativity here at Lantern Noir Presents. So if you want to, you know, maybe either soften that shot or uh, have a good day, sir. Now, um, yeah. coming off the back end of that, because I, I was I thought making a character meant you actually physically made it. Yeah. Because my uncle had said, um, I just made a. A dwarf and he's like this tall he's got this big beard yeah and i thought okay that's that's really kind of cool and really kind of fun uh when do i make mine yeah and so we sat down with all the paperwork to make a character and i'm like okay so when do we make them <laughs> and i was expecting you know woodworking and wood carving and Some paper mache maybe yeah well my cousin <laughs> was very into work wood crafting and like he did he was an art he's an artist yeah. Um, he works in advertising now, but he did a lot of wood burning. Yeah. It was one of his early art mediums. Mm. And um, so it was, it was just, it was really kind of neat. Um, but that was flabbergasted, very similar. Like, I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Um, See, and that was, that was my first experience. We were handed characters. We were, you know, basically, uh, we were, t- <laughs> my DM took the, took the elementals, stat blocks, and just made them characters and we're like here you go you have this many head points and this is your armor class it just gave us the the elementals to play and so there we were we were elementals mm-hmm. playing D in my first campaign so um so it it wasn't until red box really that i that i understood that oh okay now we gotta make these <laughs> so. we um we have a very quiet mailbag this week ah okay um but I do want to, in our mailbag segment, I want to bring out something that came down the Twitters. Mm, okay. And that is Jenny, who does um, a lot of YouTube content for D&D, mm. uh, raised a question about an older tweet of hers. Yeah. Um, was built around uh, being suboptimal. She put out a tweet where she said, okay, yeah, that's, um, you know, you should be allowed to be a suboptimal character. Mm-hmm. And and it got me thinking more about the the line about when I when 
where are you not playing into a typical D&D player's covenant when you make a character that is um, suboptimal? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they min-maxers was the term for the longest time. And then when Pathfinder really came on the scene, um, the whole min-maxing, uh, you know, kind of gave way to optimizing. You know, you got to come in with an optimized. And and Pathfinder Society really led to the, the, the hyper-focus on, you know, well, your character, if they're not, if they're not optimized, they're useless because you could come into any table and sit down and you're bringing the party down, you know? Um, so I, I really think that it, it, nobody was paying attention early on. There were min maxers and there were other people and there were no session zeros. So people really didn't, you know, whatever you're coming in with a wizard. Great. I'll, I'll cover your butt. And, and, you know, nobody thought about party roles that much and stuff. So it, it went back and forth a lot during that period. But then as, as we moved on and um, started to think more about optimized characters, I really think that, that you could tell who was optimizing and who wasn't. I, it just, you know, I... I have a tendency to, if I make an optimized character, it's for roleplay purposes. You know, I, I make a big hulking monster because I want to be the protector of the party. And so, yes, he is, you know, way out there on that far end and he's got as high AC as he can and everything because that's the character, you know. Um, it's not... Because, okay, if I do this, then I get the plus three. I have to have at least plus three, you know. Yeah, and that's, I mean, yeah, I, I see that. And I think, for me, the issue is the line between optimized and viable. Mm. Like, I want to play a fighter, but he's going to have a seven strength. Mm. That's not a viable character. Gotcha. He's, he's not just not optimized. He's like, how are you going to fight? Well, you know, he's he he's just not very good at it. Well, then what the hell is he doing adventuring? <laughs> like, really? Boy, I should have stayed on the farm. I I would go with it. I would say, okay, sure. Is he is he an archer? Is he what's what's well, he got yeah. going on? But that you know? but, but that means you're looking for viability. Yeah, yeah, a, that's true. If he insists on being a melee fighter. Right. With a seven strength, it's like I know seven I mean, strength, eight deck. What you're saying is seven strength, eight decks, seventeen intelligence. Yeah, uh, you know, sixteen wisdom, ten ten on the and yeah. the, you know, uh, charisma and whatnot. Dave, the average human. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think and and thing is, even like an average stats um, is one of those where. Um, you can still have a viable character. Mm -hmm. It's when you start to slide into the realm where it's, you actually have to stop and say, well, how did this person end up adventuring mm -hmm. with, with this kind of a setup? Like, how are they surviving the challenges of, of being outside of town? <laughs> and you can say, well, they were cast into it suddenly. Well, yeah, but 
that makes them like a zero level commoner. Mm. Mm. <laughs> They're an NPC the party protects, which you can totally play. Yeah. I've been in games where I've been like two or three levels behind everybody. Yeah. And I've been like, you have to keep me alive, but I'm here for role play purposes. The, um, we had we had a campaign. It was uh, second edition because proficiencies had just come out. Ah, yes. And, and we had uh, a friend of mine was playing a farmer who went off to adventure because his his daughter had disappeared or whatever. And he was on adventures to try to track her down and find her. Now, he played a rogue... But he just said, oh, I'm a farmer. And the reason he played the rogue is so he would have more proficiencies, <laughs> you know, get more more proficiencies to play and stuff. So he 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 was really, really based on his proficiencies. And it was just amazing because he was like, oh, I'll go fishing. Oh, I'll cook us a meal. Oh, I'll build the fire. You know, <laughs> and so he had all that stuff that that we would have had to use magic for or, you know, the kind of things that. You know, the druids like, I'll cast Goodberry. And he's like, well, I'll just go catch us some fish. Um, so it, it made a fun character to have this this farmer adventurer with us, you know. Um, but yeah. Which can be neat. There's a mm -hmm. lot of room for that if that's what the table wants. Yep. But I, and I think that becomes one of those like sessions. Yeah, it's just like the one character from Deadpool 2, which I haven't seen. Oh, yeah, I know. Or, yeah. Uh, Randy. Or something. Well, look at his mustache. You're on the team. <laughs> so they. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it gets into that. Like, um, I think it becomes part of that that pregame conversation. Who's going to play a fighter? Who's going to play a cleric? I think if you say, "I'm going to play a commoner," mm -hmm. I just want to be here for the role play. Like, I, you know what? You know, and here's here's another one analogy I would draw. I like to LARP, and I like to not have a character sheet. Mm. Like I don't want stats. I don't want potion vials. I don't want weapon tags if I can get away without them. Um, I just want to come. I want to sit around the fire with my guitar. Mm. I want to tell stories. I want to hear stories from the adventurers when they mm. come back. Um, I don't want to be on the I'll, Take me on an adventure with you. Just don't let me die. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. How many hit points do you have? Uh, not a lot. Well, how many? Not that many. Because I don't want to, like, I, younger me loved. Yeah. I can get another plus 10 to my hit points. Mm. Older me just doesn't have the energy for that anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, like, at the game table, like, if a, if a group was, was going out, say, we need more people for this quest that we've been given. We're going off to the monster caves. Yeah. Bring the bard. I'd be quick to go, I don't count. Just <laughs> so you know. Like, this is designed, for, according to the, the marshals, this mm. is designed for four PCs. I mm. am zero in that count. Okay, zero, just zero so PCs. you know. And it's like, and I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. They said, "Well, we brought the bard." No, you didn't. You brought the old fart with the guitar. Mm -hmm. That's what, yeah. The the bard and the witcher. Although, although, okay, okay, I want to push back on that. All right. For for a couple of reasons. First of all, I want to demonstrate to anyone watching that we absolutely can disagree with people in chat and mm. we don't have to ban them. Ah, good, good, good. Um un unlike another individual that we had to. Yeah. Um which Yeah. We we will we will drink to our first official ban. Yeah. Hmm. But um 
I think he had classes, levels of bard. He mm. he was persuasive. Right. He swayed people. Yeah. He rallied people. He had a few critical fumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, I mean, he wasn't a fighter. Yeah. He was definitely a plus zero to hit. They had like zero proficiency bonus. Hit point total, really low. Yep. <laughs> But I, I think he was—he he was a viable character. Yeah, he's, yeah, I—I I love him in the books. I adore him in the series, in the TV series. I—I I can't say enough good things about Javier. Yeah, Javier. Yeah, no, how did you pronounce it? Anyway, um, yeah, he's a—he's a fantastic character. He's he just—he's he's really, really good and. I think that depending on the campaign, I mean, um, we played um, into Avernus. What's the mm. name of it? The Avernus module. Yeah, Descent we played that, and I played, I played, I played a bard wizard. Okay, with uh, he was the war mage, <laughs> and and didn't didn't have a fighting bone in his body. His yep. spells were all like vicious mockery and things. He was the accountant. The the the, the hey guys, we, we need to pick up some more rations before we go out on this mission. Really I'm I'm telling you right now that we we're gonna starve, you know, and I checked again. <laughs> yep. We do but not again, have enough food for this. The math says. Um so yeah, he uh really and truly I, I love that character. He was so great. He got beat up by the, the paladin who was running the party and everything else. But uh he had flaws and it is great to play it is great to play up your flaws as long as it doesn't disrupt the game completely. It's one thing to, you know, have your one moment of, of miscreantness every every session in three hours. You can have it as long as it doesn't derail the whole thing every session. So, yep, yeah, I absolutely one hundred and ten percent concur with that. I think that's that's one of those where I, I feel bad because so much of that conversation mm. around the the right blend of hide behind the pile of bards oh that's mm-hmm. a, a whole different <laughs> shtick that that's all that is there that's just a whole different shtick um although that is really funny if you've never seen it mm, i i i love weird parties i love them yeah. i you know if we um but again i've played i've played you know mage the ascension I've played Ars Magica. Mm-hmm. I've played, you know, the Vampire. <laughs> and oh, and yeah. we're, we're party comp? <laughs> There's no party comp. Making it, well, that's like my, my philosophy. Like, we're, we're starting a new campaign tomorrow night, which is mm. a nice segue into what's going on in our, our gaming ah, lives. Awesome. Tomorrow night is going to kick off a new campaign mm. for Wednesday night. We had to, we had to move Candlekeep onto permanent hiatus. Mm. Um, because it became evident that um, with the time difference to Sweden, we just can't keep our Wednesday sessions. Mm. Um, we want to keep that group together because those amazing uh, people do not want to stop playing together. They're just, they're having that's too awesome. much fun. That, that's, um, that's hard there. 
Yeah, and it's and they're they're good people. I, I appreciate having them as part of my my gaming life and as part of my real life. I'm actually hoping to hang out with one of them this coming weekend because oh, I'm going to be move, going to their part of the country for oh. um, a conference. Nice. Um, but we're starting a new one, and I'm like consciously like I don't care what they make for characters. I don't care if they have a healer or not. I don't care if they have their their tankies. Um, despite my my hatred for flying characters. Tiffany yeah. had made a uh, a fairy last week. Yeah, um, because I had access to it through some UA, right? Right. D and D Beyond, and I went, "Oh, let's just have some fun. We have some time to hang out. Go ahead, let's make this character." Yeah, and, and see what happens. Lillian is my favorite of all of the three characters I've ever made. Lillian has some interesting backstory. I can tell you've put a lot of passion into Lillian. That's awesome, um, and I really respect that. Um, and everything that goes with it. Um, so, but so yeah, it's it'll, it'll be really neat because I don't think we need great party composition as long as everyone is competent, at least can contribute. Yeah. If everyone can contribute, it, it'll work out. The, uh, my, my home game, uh, they had for the longest time, they, they had no, they had no fighter. They had no fighter. <laughs> It was a bard, wizard, rogue, and druid. Mm-hmm. They, they had they had no tank, and they shredded things because they were all like, cast. I cast web, and now that they're stuck in place, I cast you know, uh, uh, stony earth or whatever it is, you know, spike growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now that they're stuck in the web, I spike growth them. Oh, and now I drop some fire on them, or you know, the one that got through. I I charm him and now he shoots his buddies. You know, mm-hmm. while they're stuck. I, it's fantastic to see well, crazy group. Uh, you know, yeah. And in the old days, the second edition, you had a very viable party of just fighters. Yeah, you know, like maybe like a wizard. For, and the back in those days, uh, well, the two and a half characters, Dave. The average human wasn't my idea. Fair enough. Um, back back in the days of, of second edition, speaking of two point five, um, mm-hmm. wizards weren't very good characters until they hit like fifth or sixth level. Right, and the whole concept was drag Bob along with you and his character because eventually, yep, he will be cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that's my Wednesday group. Um, we're gonna be starting a new campaign, session zero, this tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curse of Strahd. They had one fight. It took, once again, all we did was combat for a session. Mm. It took two and a half hours. And it wasn't ever boring. That's awesome. And, you know, I have to say that I give a lot of props to 5th edition. Yeah. Because I didn't do anything special. Like, you know, Matt Colville likes to talk about how um, you have to have uh, action-based fights. And on this turn, they have this action. On this turn, they have that. So it help keep changing it up. Um between character descriptions and mm-hmm. character tactics and just interestingly built characters. Yeah. It was an engaging two and a half hours for all five of us. Yeah. It was the party versus three revenants and a greater revenant. Yeah. Now, granted, a lot of it was Keystone Cops. Yeah. Where but it... but that's it. If people describe their their actions and mm-hmm. interactions in a good way and you have fun with it, that's amazing. Yeah, there were some suboptimal choices. I mean, the Revenant at one point headbutted the Ranger <laughs> after throwing her sword at him. 
<laughs> and I'm like, this, this makes sense, and it looks epic. And if he yeah. fails his strength save, he's pinned to the the woodwork by this, you know, long sword. Because that'll look cool. And then she's gonna she's gonna grab his shirt and headbutt him because <laughs> she's that badass. There you go. Um, but it was just really it was like really neat, engaging combat. And then once again, they like they tap themselves out in their first major combat of the day. Yeah. And now they're like, oh crap. We like we, we had like three fireballs go off. Most of our <laughs> second levels are both of the NPCs died at some point in the combat. Uh one of them got popped up back up immediately by the paladin who who she then turned around and popped back up because he almost went down. And then Irina died. And the paladin went to pump her full uh, lay on hands juice, and I went, "Oh no, no, it's not that easy." Yeah, you're you're talking to the raven, the the, the goddess of raven kind. I'm sorry, the avatar mm -hmm. of raven kind. Yeah. You're making a deal to get Irina back if that's what you're going to pull. Right, right. This, yeah, yeah. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. No, this is going to no, cost you. No, no, put them together, rub, and clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was a really it was a really fun and intense night, and that was on the heels of Saturday night. Where yeah. we did um, Shemshime's bedtime rhyme from Candlekeep. Oh, it's one okay. of the. I'm like, the I don't know this one. <laughs> one of the two fourth level adventures. I, you have to go. I mean, if you have the ear space for four hours, yeah, you gotta go back and listen to it on YouTube. It's uh, it's an amazing group of players. Um, <laughs> Nightlight Knight, who is an amazing content creator, uh, came to my table, and she is a D and D'er, but she's got like like all streamers, yeah. she has no time. Um, but, and yeah. she played a half lane from Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't know why her half lane had a Brooklyn accent, but that's the accent she picked for. They ruined Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was like, okay, okay, we're going to go with it. And it was just, they did a great job with it. It's a fun adventure. It fits well in a three hour session, three or four hours. And it's, it's event based. Oh, nice. So while you're like, I kept watching the clock and when we hit like nine o'clock, I was like, okay, we need to move into this phase. All right. Yeah. 945. We need to be in this phase. Okay. We've just turned 1015. I got 45 minutes and boss. Go. Yeah. And it nice. Was just, nice. It flowed so well. It's I, I'm coming off of this week and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just exhausted. Yeah. Um, and anything I'm not doing with that, I'm working on my Kickstarter because not the one that starts Wednesday, but hopefully the one after. Yeah. will be a major 15 week um campaign story arc and yeah. so i'm hoping to get lots of goodies for the stream and yeah so yeah we'll see where they all end up like like example intro reels that i showed you before oh yeah 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 very cool 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 so what's Can't how wait about, for people to see that yeah so. how, how has your week been for gaming um so we uh we had our first monster noir uh using the city of mists system over on indoor adventures channel how did it go it it was really good i you know we had uh pdf malfunctions and whatnot that <laughs> that that were you know cumbersome as um, one does as one does but uh but yeah the system is really smooth and we had we had a good time with it we we introduced some new characters um and yeah we we just it was really just a good, a, a good, uh, a good beginning, a good, a good beginning. It's we technically calling it our season two, even though we played for like two and a half years, once a month, uh, <laughs> together. 
it was it was you know exciting and new and okay there's a different system and stuff so uh so yeah we had we had a really good time with it and um and then the grognards on saturday we uh not streamed game we um we're rounding out the story arc for my um it's it's we're using the impulse drive system which is a powered by apocalypse game but we're using my uh, uh, my space homeworld universe, and it's it's a very beer and pretzels, tongue in cheek kind of Star Warsy, um, you know, kind of rip off thing. And there's there's 40k space orcs, and there's uh, the the main bad guys are are chaos. They're the uh, confederated hegemony of allied states, um, you know, and and so all the puns are there and. It's it's very punny and, and a good time and we uh, we were um, yeah we, we had a great time with that Sunday we played Wilder Myth um, on my my stream uh, here on my channel and um, you know Wilder Myth is just so amazing I, I, it looks uh, really good I've been meaning I, to pick it up I mean it, it's it's paper cutout characters going along but it's like a pop up book. And it, it's so gorgeous and so fun. Um, the only thing, as a dyslexic, it's hard for me to, to... They use some fonts that are rough for me. So, but, but that, that makes some really, really funny moments in the way I'm reading the text. And I, I get tripped up on the text and, and, and I can laugh at myself. And so there were a couple times where I read like a... It was something about old folk hero but i read it <laughs> i read it old folk hero so it's like like this old man came stumbling in you know ba balancing on his shield because he's so old <laughs> you know that I, it really it made me laugh to myself and hopefully to the audience speaking um, of fonts there so. is a, a youtube video out there as to what mm. the most readable font is mm. comic sans is actually in the top five yeah and the yeah. whole everything has to be Times New Roman because mm -hmm. it's the most readable. It's not. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. everything has to be in Times New Roman because someone said everything will be in Times New Roman. <laughs> um, which That's a Microsoft thing. <laughs> well, you know, personally, like, I don't have a huge problem with it because if yeah. they're all relatively the same for readability, when you yep. get into the fonts and the, the, sorry, the scripty fonts, it starts to break down. Yep. But yeah, I did see you were streaming that Sunday. Um, I, I'm glad I, I want to play it. I just don't have the, I have so many things going on game wise right now. I can't add another. Because and I've, that's, that's what my Sunday show is about. My Sunday show is about playing a game and finishing a game. Yep. Because there, otherwise I won't, I'll, I'll play, you know, I'll play six, eight, 10, 25, 107 hours of a game and then just bleh. I'm done, um, you know, and move on to the next thing. So it's really great to have that Sunday to go in and play a game and try, try to finish. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, if you can pull it off, my mistake of starting this township tale mm. is that it doesn't actually have an end. It's a, <laughs> it's a Minecraft. There is no stop. Yeah. Uh, but that's been my other major game lately. Um, I want to get back in the Solasta too. I might spend some time playing that off stream or just make myself stream it later this week. So, they're looking at uh, yeah, I don't know why Ariel is such a default font. We yeah, should wrap this it, up. Okay. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say third third tier gaming. Ariel is one of my is one of my favorites for being dyslexic. So yeah, total props on that. So cool. Well, thank you. Um, if you're watching us live on Twitch, uh, thank you for being here. If you download the podcast, I apologize for some of the Twitch noise that came up over the course of our recording. Uh, I do not do heavy editing. Um, on these part of the fun of this is it's not meant to be that heavy. It's just us hanging out, talking about what comes to our minds and sharing it with you. Uh, so I do apologize a little bit for the, uh, the wackiness there. Um, but it also, I hopefully is a reminder that this is a welcoming community. It's a positive community. You are welcome to join us anytime for a live taping of either happy hour at the old timer tavern or any other content at twitch.tv slash lantern noir um if you like the podcast feel free to leave a review on your podcast platform of choice and um we we just love the feedback you can also send us comments via email at oldtimertavern at gmail.com we love talking about whatever you send us in the email it, it just keeps us from rambling about more random crap from our collective <laughs> 75 years of tabletop rpgs um Thank you for the download, and we'll see you all next week. Woo! Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.